0: Football season will be here quicker than you think. When planning your football trips, we know that one of the biggest pains is arranging your pregame tailgate party. This season, let GridironTailgates.com take care of all of your tailgating needs. They provide everything for your large private party, including a party tent, tables, satellite TV, catering, a personal bartender, and set up and takedown. Visit GridironTailgates.com and enter promo code PAC12PAC12 to receive 10% off your group's next tailgate or call 303-359-5328. GridironTailgates.com are here to make your tailgate experience easy, affordable, and enjoyable. Again, that phone number is 303-359-5328. GridironTailgates.com. Enter code Pack 12 Now available in more homes than the PAC12 network, we are the podcast of champions.
1: They give it back to the 30, are down to the 20, oh, the band is out on the field!
0: I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online.
1: And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com.
0: Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead, touchdown SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network.
1: And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And we are the Podcast of Champions coming at you again. Another another week without missing a show. Even though lots going on, maybe not in the world of college football. It's June, for God's sakes. But there's stuff for us to talk about. You guys keep sending in the questions. Go to our website if you want to find any of our old episodes, pack 12 podcastcom If you'd like to tweet us, we got some funny tweets, at pac12podcast. You can email us any questions you have. You guys have been doing that a lot, pac12podcast at gmail.com. And then if you want to leave a voicemail or shoot us a text, and we got both of those this week, the number is 424-532-0678. We're going to try to keep it a tighter show today. Dave's got some time constraints. It's Friday. The World Cup is on. I know he's got to be watching that. So Yeah,
0: I mean, that's obviously the huge deal. And I, I love that you cited the website where all of our shows are posted, all of them, including last week's show, which was absolutely posted <laughs> immediately after I put it up. It was not posted mere minutes ago by you because I failed to do that. Um, no. So definitely go there as your first and only reference for our shows. Uh, podcast 12 com.
1: Yeah, I always tweet that out. Though I, I tweet the link to our blog post. I, I, I,
0: on the other hand, I chose to tweet out the link to the audio boom, but that doesn't mean, of course, that the post wasn't up there on Pack12podcast.com. <laughs> of course it was because I dot all of my I's, cross all of my T's. So to speak,
1: I kind of blame myself for not checking that when I went, you know, and I usually look, I went to look at our emails. I'm like, okay, we got a bunch of emails. What, what data we post last week. So I go, I
0: mean, when have I ever screwed something up before, right? (laughs) When have I ever like gotten a time wrong or some weird detail? I was just like, oh, that doesn't matter. I'm not going to do that part. Like, when has that ever been something that you had to worry about with me?
1: No, I mean that one time I didn't No, I, I Yeah. Pretty much every time. But I, yeah. yeah but I look at the blog as my own thing okay when did the last post go up? I'm like huh why is this the the one that I put up two weeks ago? I was like oh Dave didn't put one up. Okay that's this, cool you know
0: been some sort of glitch I guess
1: little glitchy um, Hey, I had thought I had a funny tweet today. Um, so Dennis Dodd tweeted out the ACC expects a 10 million dollar bump per school. When the ACC network is launched and gets going, so there was a link to a story, and I tweeted out that's exactly like the Pac-12, except for the "quote unquote" per school part. So that's kind of what the Pac-12 gets. We get like 10 million for the whole network. I mean, for the whole like uh, conference every year. The ACC is going to get that per school just when they launch the network.
0: That's great. Yeah, that's good for them. I'm happy for them. It's not good for uh, us. No. No. <laughs> Well, I mean, like for us personally, it has no real effect. I mean, it's probably good for us. gives us more things to, you know, rip on the Pac-12 about. Yeah. Uh, But for the Pac-12 as a whole, not great. Not ideal.
1: I tried to get us, and I don't know if I told you this. I tried to get us a uh, spot on Radio Row for Pac-12 Media Day. It's only one day now, Hollywood and Highland. You know, there's like, there's these obscure radio stations. They get a booth and then all the coaches and players kind of come through. I'm like... That'd be good for us. We should have our own booth and be able to talk to everybody. It's only for uh, live, like terrestrial radio broadcasts. And I let them know, hey, we could we could do it live and everything, but uh, we we got denied, Dave. I don't know if you even know that.
0: I wonder if it has anything at all, <laughs> anything at all, to do with the uh, opening of this show.
1: We do have to reconsider that potentially. <laughs> <laughs> depending on what we want to do you but know? it's such a good line it is so good
0: we can't get rid of it and it's also true it's very like that's true the better part is that it's also true
1: yeah um well there was a couple topics i wanted to discuss i don't know if you have sure. anything else but the so there's this big uh conglomerate at&t buying time Warner merger sort of thing going on and uh, follow John Wilner. He's you know, he gets into a lot of the details. I haven't dug into it too much, but there's you know potential for, uh, you know, more distribution for the Pac-12 network, maybe. Uh, but there's less, you know, with less of these entities out there when the big Pac-12 network renegotiation deal comes out in 2022, 23, whatever it is. Um, well, Spain just scored, I think. Uh, I, I actually, literally, I have Spain and Portugal on, even though I'm not a soccer fan. I put this stuff on. Just, like, I'll try to watch some of the stuff. You probably don't at all, but I'll try to watch some of the good stuff just so I can kind of complain about it. But um,
0: time... The last time I gave a crap about Spain and Portugal, I was studying the Age of Exploration. Oh. So, yeah.
1: They, no. they haven't brought that up in this broadcast yet, but maybe they will.
0: Oh, has the uh, Pope designated that South America is Portugal's yet?
1: No. Uh, <laughs> I don't
0: think so. Oh, okay. At least I'm not.
1: I've really not been like paying that close attention. They might have talked not, about not,
0: it. Not paying too much, uh, t- too much attention to papal decrees from the 1500s. Uh, I can...
1: yeah. I was reading on that the other day. No, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm a I'm a good Catholic boy though. So you know, I'm I should know some of that stuff.
0: You should know. You should know that uh, certain territories are you know belong to certain you know poorish European countries.
1: I didn't know that. Uh, but anyway, so. The Basically, what was going on here is once that negotiation happens, there's probably going to be less people vying for uh, the network rights, right? So, there would be less competition, and you might not get as big of a bump. So, there's a lot of factors that could go into this AT&T Time Warner thing. I don't know if you had any thoughts on it.
0: Oh, no. I'm just really excited for our future where three total companies are responsible for all of our services. Yes. And also – Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not great from a lot of different perspectives, perspectives, but certainly from um, anybody who's trying to negotiate a TV contract, if it gets to the point where AT&T and I guess whatever web streaming service survives the coming wars on that realm, um, you know, if if there's only a couple of services vying for these things, then the odds of negotiating really great deals seem to go down to me. Um, you, You need some level of competition if you're going to get, um, you know, bigger and bigger deals. So that's obviously a, a small concern. But, um, you know, the, 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 I think a larger concern is that AT&T provides a, a really kind of god awful service um, uh, as an entity. And they've now purchased DirecTV, which I think everyone was relatively happy with. And we'll see how that, dev, you know, devolves over time. Um, but Time Warner, you know, I had problems with it in California. It wasn't great, but it was massively superior to at and service. Um, so I'm interested to see how all of those things kind of devolve over time and what level of, um, independence those entities have. Um, so I, I think it hurts people. I think it will hurt, you know, consumers on a couple of fronts. First, the product they're consuming is probably just not as good or the medium through which they're consuming it. Um, and second, um, it might hurt the leagues and the TV deals even beyond the death of cable that's coming.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, you know, AT&T, DirecTV thing didn't really help get the Pac-12 network on there. I, I mean, who knows? We just don't know how this is going to play out. But that's certainly significant if you're a Pac-12 fan, uh, kind of paying attention to what's going on there. Wow, just another goal. Spain. I Real quick on the soccer thing, like, I'll try to watch the World Cup stuff, and that's why I don't like soccer even as much, because the more important the game is, it seems like the less they try to score. This is actually a 3-2 it's, game. It, it like,
0: depends on the stage. So this, the, like, certain games, there's no point, I, or they're, they're playing for a tie. Almost. Yeah, oh, I hate that. And there's other games where, like, they don't need to score anymore but they don't want to lose by a certain number of goals so they just play a really defensive battle thing where they're like oh, dropping blows. 10 guys back the entire game and it's just uh it's just stupid and awful to watch uh it's a terrible sport awful god awful <laughs> nobody if... should watch it ever the world cup sneaks us into thinking it's cool because you know it's a nationalism thing and we get to you know even even the liberal types get to be excited about you know whatever country because they're like oh this is safe because it's just soccer but it's a horrible sport could we get everybody to just play football yes like real football not the fake one you call football
1: yeah well like i'm not you know huge like tennis fan or whatever but i'll watch like the big matches and stuff i'll watch like the grand slams like if more soccer games were like this one that's on right now like i would watch but like the other one that was on this morning was zero zero, and someone scored a goal like in extra time. of five. It was like, ugh, this is terrible. Like, um, so yeah, so like more of this, I, I would actually watch. So for the soccer fans out there that you know, I really don't like your sport. But if it was more like this, I would probably watch uh, watch some of it. But now I just like to make fun of it. Yep. Um, a couple NCAA rule changes, which are good for the players, which usually is uh, you know endorsed by us. Um, the redshirt rule is changing. And I know some people like David Shaw said, I just, I just have everyone play. I don't think it was David Shaw. I think Chris Peterson said, have everyone just play five years. Right now it's going to be, if you play four games or less, you can still uh, redshirt that year. So it's good for a lot of things, I think. Um, it's not the, the best solution, but it's, I think it's a lot better than what we have now, where if you play one play in game eight, it counts for a whole year.
0: Yeah. Well, this is, this is fantastic. And it's um, it brings it more in line with what I believe is the basketball rule where you can play. um, It's a certain number of games before your, your red shirt is up. Um, So I think it brings it more in line with that. Um, And also, uh, this will be good for teams, um, especially towards the end of years when guys are getting dinged up a little bit. Um, I don't know if there's any kind of timing component, but if you could play your, you know, your final three or four games at the end of the year, I think that would help. I think it'll help if they can. I, I, did you read anything about that? Whether they can pick the four games they're going to play at any point? Uh,
1: I don't know. I think it's just the four. My understanding was it was just four games. So, like, if you... Uh, But, you know, I don't know. I don't don't know the exact rule on that. Um,
0: Yeah, I was trying to read about that, and it doesn't seem like anybody necessarily has that. Um, But if if that works, because, you know, a lot of higher profile teams, they'll lose guys to wanting to prepare for the draft, especially for lower tier bowl games. Um, So getting guys who are, you know, true freshmen who are redshirting the year, but they can play a game or two towards the end of the year that can help prep them for the next year and also help fill out the depth chart and the roster for, you know, guys who either, you know, they had a bad fall quarter and they're academically ineligible for the bowl game or um, who are leaving early for the draft who can uh, fill things out a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, for freshmen, there's a lot of decisions that you don't have to make. Uh, I mean, you could potentially – Play you might be playing a walk on because you don't want to burn some dude's red shirt and exactly. you put you know there's a lot of stuff out there that I think um will be benefited by the rule. I, I would love to just say like the five year thing, but that would be very different than all the other sports. I think they don't want to be football to be too different, but this is maybe the first step towards that. It's such a unique sport with all the violence and everything. um So that was cool. And then the other one is the transfer rule. So it's always kind of annoying to see. And I think someone put an analogy of like. It's like you need permission from your ex to go to date somebody else, like um, the transfer rule. Uh, Yeah. So now, you know, I think it starts October 15th where you wouldn't need to get permission from the school to transfer. You still have to sit out unless there's crazy circumstances that, you know, you could get a a waiver for that. But um, now you don't need permission from the school to transfer somewhere else.
0: And I know so the the NCAA is removing this restriction, but I would wonder how this is going to work on a conference by conference perspective, because I know the Pac-12 had a uh, an extra rule on this for a while that was preventing um, guys from transferring to fellow Pac-12 schools. And I think they relaxed that at some point in the last couple of years. But I wonder if there's if the conferences are still able to restrict um, intra-conference transfers. But obviously, it's a great um, rule, and anything that provides more freedom for uh, players to kind of go where they want is, uh, I think, all to the good, and, You know, especially given the violent nature of the sport.
1: It is a violent sport, and uh, I think in this case, just being able to be like a regular student is what was needed. It probably was way too long, in the thinking, but now it's there, so – you don't need to like ask your coach if you're allowed to leave school, like just a regular student can do.
0: Right, right. Imagine if you had to like ask your professor to to hey, I, I'm thinking about going to this school to, you know, get better grades, and some professor who gave you like a two has to sign off on it. That would be crazy.
1: Hey Dave, well, before we jump into the questions, I know we got a new sponsor here on the podcast of Champions. Why don't you tell us a little bit about
0: them? I will, Ryan. There are a million things demanding your time. Contact lenses shouldn't be one of them. That's why we're excited about a great new company called Simple Contacts that is making the process of renewing your prescription and buying contacts, well, simple. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to get your contact lens prescription renewed and stock up on your brand of contact lenses. Get this, instead of taking time off and spending hours on the doctor, Just to renew your prescription, you can now do it online in under five minutes. This is vision care for the 21st century. Here's how it works. Take a quick self-guided vision test from your computer or phone. It's reviewed by a licensed doctor in 24 hours. You receive a renewed prescription and reorder your brand of contacts. If you have an unexpired prescription, you can use them too. Just upload a photo of it or your doctor's info and order your lenses in minutes for a great price. They do all the hard work for you. Buying more contacts has never been easier, and why should it be hard in the first place, right? That's why Simple Contacts was created. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses, and their prices are unbeatable. Plus, the vision test is just 20 bucks. Compare that with an annual appointment, which can be up to $200 without insurance. Shipping is free, and best of all, our listeners get $30 off their first Simple Contacts order. To save $30 on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com champ or enter the code CHAMP at checkout. I want to mention that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get $30 off by going to simplecontacts.com champ, or just enter code CHAMP at checkout. Save yourself time, money, and a headache with Simple Contacts
1: excellent job dave and it's it funny like i was just looking at like a, a bottle this morning trying to read it i had lasik surgery like a long time ago i haven't had to wear glasses contact anything uh for a while i might have to do it again so i'm gonna have to give them a call so this is oh no this is good this you know you get old dave you know your eyes start to go again so i gotta go get my eyes checked and i'll uh and i'll have to check this out
0: so i um So a few areas where I am irrational, uh, one of them is eye care. So I definitely (laughs) uh, have, I have astigmatism and I don't, I don't have anywhere near perfect vision, but I made a decision like six or seven years ago that I was going to avoid wearing any kind of eyesight aid at any point and to see if that affected the relative deterioration of my eyesight and my eyes have actually improved the really? last Six to seven years. Yeah, my prescription is now uh, a little bit better. Um, so that was that was something that actually came from my grandfather where he uh, he did like eye muscle exercises or whatever. I don't even know if there are muscles in your eyes, but he just decided he wasn't going to be a glasses wearer. And so he just decided against it.
1: Interesting. yeah i love these dave woods philosophies
0: it's not a philosophy i i recognize that it's purely irrational and it's probably just that my eyes are just kind of in this you know latency stage where they're eventually going to just plummet considerably but whatever i'm riding it while it's here
1: nice all right well okay so we got a bunch of questions to get to um I want to read this email first and play something for you because this was this comes up a lot. We actually all of our drops that we have uh, were done by Jake in Oakland way back, you know, a few years ago. The intro to the show, and we always we refer to him sometimes. We forget who did it, but it was Jake. He wrote in. He said, "Hey guys, I made an original. I made the original Pac-12 Roundup audio drops. Attached is my voicemail response." So someone responded about um, the Washington State drop, which I'll play. Washington State Cougars. <laughs> which is, you know, kind of meowy. And then I haven't listened to this yet, but this is Jake and his response.
2: Hey guys, this is uh, Jake in Oakland. Um, I'm the guy who made the uh, Pac-12 Roundup uh, audio drops or whatever you want to call them uh, way back, I think three years ago now. Um, I wanted to call in and respond to the Washington State fan who wrote in uh, complaining about the uh, Cougars' uh, uh, soundbite, um, uh, honestly, I, I'm not sure what there is to complain about with it. I think it's a unassailably perfect piece of audio. Um, that said, Dave, you, you were right. Someone has complained about the drop before, and I think at that point... I did write into you guys promising to uh, change um, the drop for Washington State, and I, uh, I never did. Um, and at this point, I, I think changing it would be, it's extra work and I think that's against the spirit of this podcast. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Thanks guys. <laughs>
0: i've got two comments okay one that's great <laughs> two that was the most crystal clear audio we've gotten on a voicemail since we've been doing this show yeah he actually
1: sent it, it in as a file that i downloaded as opposed to calling in on the google line
0: you didn't have to take people behind the curtain that far. oh sorry how great would it be if people thought wow that cell phone voicemail was tan <laughs> that was clear
1: it was, was good, saying. though. Yeah, I, 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 you know, appreciate it. Um, you know, it's uh, I think it's perfect the way it is. Sorry, Washington State fans. But, you know, we could we could change it at some point. But I, I think when our, our guru drop man says it's it's perfect the way it is, we'll probably have to listen to him.
0: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: All right. All uh, right. Uh, questions? Yeah, I think there's we got a uh, this is a weird one. The first text. Do you want me to read okay. it? Yeah, bring it. Okay, so this is a text and it's uh, Matt in the six uh, five six two. Hey guys, love the show. Please list your three most cringe worthy songs. Mine are Ballroom Blitz, American Woman, and Hotel California.
0: Wow. That's I, a that's a one that's a tough cold yeah, one
1: for me. I have no clue what my cringe worthy I mean, song. those are all
0: three really good choices. I mean Hotel <laughs> California I can get into. Yeah. Um, on occasion, yeah. but I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you in spirit there. Um, Ballroom Blitz obviously is uh, just horrific. Uh, (laughs) American Woman, I just don't like as a song. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily cringeworthy, but uh, I'm not a huge fan. Um,
1: Lenny Kravitz version, no.
0: uh, Yeah, Uh, well, that's the one I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Actually, yeah, Uh,
1: I forget what the uh, the original. Well, I think it's been redone a few times, but
0: yeah. I'm trying to think like what else is like actively cringeworthy because to be cringeworthy, it has to be bad, but not trying to be bad. Right. Yeah. You cringe a little bit.
1: And sometimes just from overplaying and stuff like that where you just.
0: Yeah. So it has to be like a, you know, some serious, but kind of cheese ball. So basically like anything by Bon Jovi is probably there. Okay. Yeah. That feels, that feels right. Um, especially in the vein of these songs, that feels like it's right.
1: I feel like I would like a lot of the songs you would find cringeworthy. Like I love a lot of the '80s pop stuff. Like uh, uh,
0: the entire decade, 1980s, the whole decade, I think, is cringeworthy. So like
1: Safety Dance or uh, oh, like, god, Take on Me, 50, like I love those 50, songs. Just,
0: yeah, just yeah. Uh, oh god, yeah. <laughs> The entire decade is so massively overrated from a song perspective. Give me the 70s any day. I do like the 70s, too.
1: I'm reading a book on, like, uh, I want my MTV. I don't know if we talked about this before, but it was, like, um, just kind of, like, the rise and how it became, you know, a thing and how it controlled music for a long time. I mean, it's a pretty interesting book. I'm not all the way through, but about three-quarters through. It's pretty good. If you like that kind of era, that genre of music... How how important MTV was to all that and how it changed everything. Um, you should check it out.
0: Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting for people like me who are much more '90s kids because our era was so devoid of like anything good culturally. Like the music was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> like from like 1995 to 2005, just music was god awful. Unless you were like, if you were into rap, I guess some of that was pretty good, but the Like the large basis of like pop and rock music were so bad during that entire period that I think it'll be interesting, like the way our assessments work. Because I think for you, obviously, there's a nostalgia factor with the 80s. Yeah. That play. I think anybody who grows up in a certain time period, but like, what would I get nostalgic about? Limb Biscuit? Like, what? What? (laughs) <laughs> all garbage, like it's just all trash. Um, and it so, was like, too, that, like
1: that the '80s when we could actually see them. Because I mean, in the, in the book, it's really interesting. I mean, there's bands that never would have been. big. MTV made them. You know, like the video was more important than the song. And so there was like a lot of bands that just they only existed because videos were huge. You know, and I think that kind of went away when MTV start stopped playing videos. So there was there's this era, and that's why the most of the one hit wonders come from that era. Like they just, there was like a good looking person that made a really good, one good song. And then that was it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, it was the first time you're seeing them, like really when they're singing, if you're not at a concert. So all of yeah. that was, you know, an I still interesting...
1: remember they mentioned heart in the, so if you remember, like they had some good seventies oh, yeah. stuff like Barracuda and all, but um, you would see the video and the blonde, the, 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 the blonde one was hot and like would wear like a bustier playing the guitar, kicking around and then the, the other sister was pretty, but she was she got bigger from her 70s to the 80s. And they never showed her. And they talk about this in the book. Like, they would they would always never show her, like, full body and stuff. And I went to see them in concert. And all you could think of was, like, oh, my God, she's huge. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was crazy. Like, you did, had no idea. Uh, and she didn't look like that in the video. No. Crazy.
0: Yeah, it's all crazy. But, uh, yeah. So I would say basically anything from the 80s will probably fit here for me. Um, but Bon Jovi. When I think cringeworthy, when I think, you know, kind of cheesy in like a ouch, this is really painful to watch kind of way, I think I think Bon Jovi.
1: Nice. Um, did you see the text? We have one from Brian in Livermore. There's like yeah, three of him. them. Okay.
0: All right, uh, Brian in Livermore again, listening to Friday's P O D pod P O C pod. Well, whatever. And the Oregon duck mascot repping the pack in commercials might have to do with game day being there a lot during chip's tenure and Lee Corso loves the duck. Yeah. But that conflates with, uh, Oregon also being really good during that tenure. That's why game day was there so much, but yeah, sure. Um, and then he also says, I agree that in n out is very overrated. However, try the burger and ask for no salt on the patty and the hour long gross aftertaste goes away and it's much more of a clean tasting burger. So I don't have any gross aftertaste issues. In fact, I'd say In-N-Out's good. Like, it's good. I just don't get the, like, the worship of it. It's good. It's, you know, it's better than most fast food burgers. I think that's all right. It's just I don't, you know, if I'm going to go get a relatively cheap burger, as I said last week, I'll go to The Habit, not In-N-Out if I'm in L.A. Um, And that's... You know, that's not a super negative reflection on In-N-Out, except to say that I don't think it's, you know, the end all and be all of a cheeseburger. Um, It's just I think the habit's better. And I think there's probably if you're going to go a gourmet option, obviously, there's a bunch better. Um, But, you know, in n outs I mean, it's better than Burger King. It's better than McDonald's, um, probably still better than Carl's Jr. on the large scale almost certainly better than jack in the box so yeah i think it's 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 fine it's just not not great all right and then uh he also says 4,000 listeners on an off-season day for the poc is still more than the pac-12 network gets on a good day and that probably is true
1: yeah that's not helping our cause
0: no <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I, I i've talked to dave dave Hirsch is great uh he you know he's does a lot of the communications. I, it's a VP. I forget what the exact title is, but he does a great job over there. It's the Pac-12. Um, I like talking to Dave, but uh, he probably doesn't like our, our <coughs> logo, which I think he's emailed me before about that. I was like, oh, it's like a joke, and they're like, yeah. Uh, all right, well, we'll see what we do. All right, we got Nick. Uh, hi, this is Nick from Cyprus, aka Big Nick 21 USC from the P. Ryan Abraham and David, the lovable loser Bruin Woods. Quick question. Name a time a coach disrespected or trash talked to you or your staff during a media scrum, or label some of the coaches you covered who were jerks, tools, assholes, etc. I love some shade being thrown around during this boring, blistering hot summer. Fight on from Nick.
0: Interesting.
1: I mean, I got one off the top of my head, like, and I think we mentioned this before. Uh the the Lane Kiffin year where everything yeah. was kind of going south and uh my beat rider who's, you know, not trying to pin him in a corner or anything, really just asked him a question about the offensive line playing better, but the center, uh, Collin Holmes had come back from injury, really just like a softball thing, like, Oh, is that why they're playing better today? And he just like threw a tantrum and said, I'm out of here and walked off and our friend Lindsey Theory had it on video and it went viral, like how, you know, Lane basically had a twenty second media scrum and just just walked off. So, uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. I think, Sark got mad at me once for asking a question about the, the, I think, I think I had a stat where USC blitzed less than everybody in the country, like a power five programs. And I had asked him about that. And someone i had come in a little bit late and my beat writer had already asked him. And so he was just like, blah, blah, blah. he got real you know, mad at me and cranky about it, but just some weird stuff like that. How about you?
0: Uh, probably the one UCLA guy I can think of who was a little bit, so Jim Moore was really up and down, like sometimes very friendly guy, really easy to deal with, would, you know, talk to us off the record about whatever we wanted. And at other times, just, uh, uh, a uh, lot of, a lot of anger, <laughs> a lot of anger there. Um, he kicked us out of practice once for like, uh, vaguely reporting on something that was the case like so they closed practices for a while and i'm trying to remember the exact particulars of it but we reported on something as guys were walking into practice because that's fair game it's a public university and we're standing outside of practice uh but he got bent out of shape about it and then we were basically kicked out of practice for the remainder of that year um couldn't even watch the first 20 minutes um there was another time where it was open practices in the spring. And I think this was maybe even his first year might've been his second year where I reported on something from the practice or asked him a question afterwards. I think it might've been the same thing as the Dan Weber thing with lane, um, where I asked him about something that I had seen in practice. And then he like instituted a rule that we couldn't write about things from a open practice. So we had this weird scenario where people on our message board who came to practice were writing these long detailed practice reports while we couldn't write anything. Um, so that was also interesting. Um, so that's, he's probably the one. Aside from that, I mean, I never had any real. Rick Neuheisel was pretty media friendly. Carl Durrell was pretty media agnostic, but he was never, you know, closing practice or doing anything like that. He got a little snippy with the media at different points, but not um, ever in a really high handed manner. Um, and the basketball coaches, yeah, I mean, I had a few frosty responses from Ben Howland over the years, but nothing too notable.
1: All right. Um, well, it's cool stuff, Nick. Hopefully that answered your question. If any of our listeners out there heard of some other ones, send them in and we'll, uh, we'll talk about those too, or we'll read yours.
0: Yeah. Um, this is from Stephen Salt Lake. Nicknames. Ryan, I hope you brought your I Heart Lane Kiffin license plate frame to slap on your rental car when you were in Tennessee. If I've learned anything from listening to Paul Feinbaum on the radio, it's that those fans have a good sense of humor. <laughs> Here's my question. Who's had the best nickname in the history of the Pac-12? Off the top of my head, I can think of Jake the Snake, Cordell Slash Stewart, Beast Mode, Seven Wind Stark, uh, Seven Sark, Keanti Dan, Noodle arm, Browning, all timeless. <laughs> Thanks for being the podcast of off-season champions.
1: Hey, Steve. Actually, Tennessee fans don't really hate Lane as much anymore. They would have welcomed them back before. So yeah. They've kind of backed off that a little bit. I talked to some, actually, when I was down there this past time, and, you know, they admit that, you know, they were mad when he left, but they thought that he at least, you know, got them better that year. And he made a mistake leaving. He should never have left, but... Uh, USC never should have hired him, obviously, but like he should, he could have done some pretty good things there. I think he's a more mature coach now. I think they kind of realize that there's not the hatred that there was before with the burning of the jerseys and stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one he didn't. So I'm just going to add this here for posterity because I think these this is actually a good list of the different nicknames. But Pete the Cheat has to go in here as well, right? Uh, there you go. Sure. I, I mean, it has to be in here in this list. I can't. I not think I'd, of it. I don't like, think it's among the best, though.
1: No, I love Beast Mode. Like that's probably my favorite.
0: I, I think the actual the championship round is between. If we did this as a as a you know some sort of tournament, the championship round would obviously be between Beast Mode and Seven Wind Sark.
1: Yeah, um, but what? Not just Noodle Arm, but like what were you saying? It's like Chow Main. There were some. You had a funny tweet. That was,
0: low Main. Low, low Main. main yeah,
1: Low Main. That's better. Low just, Main
0: Browning would be pretty good, but we haven't established it well enough. No. Maybe over the course of this his senior year, his final campaign as the noodliest um, <laughs> among the noodles, uh, but not not yet.
2: Uh, I'm beast not thinking of any of the top arc, of my head. I, think the best.
1: I can't even think of any like U- good USC ones off the top of my head. So I'm I don't think I'm bringing much to this. But I, the ones that you were listed there, I love Beast Mode and Seven Win Sark was. Just... Oh,
0: and uh, Slick Rick, Slick Rick, Slick Rick. Hysel oh yeah, that's okay. Um, so that's got to get in here as well
1: um what so black mamba was uh the anthony thomas at oregon yeah
0: that one's also really good i like that that one got kind of co-opted by uh by kobe bryant yeah yeah that one did unfortunately um yeah and slick slick rick he also has a lesser known one but still very good is new weasel
1: Oh yeah, new, new Weasel. Heisel. Yeah, that's that one true. was
0: after they thought there was an actual controversy at Washington, instead of some weird thing that like he shouldn't have been punished for. Um, I gotta go. I gotta go. I, I think Beast Mode is right, but Seven Wind Sark is right there for
1: it's me. It's pretty good. Um, nice. All right, let's see. Uh, this is one from our buddy John and Brea. Uh, what is the podcast equivalent to the Stockholm Syndrome? I feel like I've fallen into some sort of trap where I start to really like Dave and have the delusion that because I listen to your podcast and you read my emails, we are friends. And then Dave says something that is so UCLA-ish, it wakes me out of my days and I realize we aren't friends. This is a different kind of relationship and we will never be friends. Rank- <laughs> John's John, smart guy. Okay, ranking Tucson below Pullman Washington and saying it's "Quote unquote dumpy is simply ridiculous." Yes, if you exit I ten at Speedway and head directly to the U of A campus, Tucson does not make a great first impression. But seriously, you have the Catalina Mountains, the Sonoran. 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 Is that how you say it? Sonoran Desert. I don't even think I've ever heard of that. The amazing sunsets and the only place on the planet where you can find the majestic saguaro cactus. Come on, Dave. Is that right?
0: No, you're, you're doing fine. You're doing fine.
1: Oh, well, Portugal just scored. Ronaldo just scored again. Crazy off, okay. a, fr- off a free kick. Um, Which
0: Ronaldo is that? It's like one of seven of those guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, come yeah. on, Dave. Look more closely at a place uh, than what you see from the rental car lot to the Motel 6 where you're staying. Next time you're in Tucson, go get a sandwich at Sausage Deli, drive up to the foothills at sunset, look over the city, then head back down and grab a cocktail at the Arizona Inn, have dinner at El Charo. Downtown and order the Carne Seca burrito, elegant style, uh, elegante style. Uh go. way better than any day you could ever spend in Pullman, Washington. Tucson is definitely at least number ten on any <laughs> list of Pac Twelve cities. Uh and we actually had a tweet about this too. There was a Well, and
0: I, I have to throw my two cents put in. Put your here. two
1: cents and then and if you want to talk about the tweet too.
0: So I actually spent a an inordinate number of uh well, an inordinate number of days in Tucson, uh, visiting friends over the years. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> I've 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 given it a deep chance. I'm not a fan of the desert in general. Like it's not my preferred vista. I would take Yosemite and you know mountain forested stuff over whatever cacti in the desert any day. Um, some people are really into the desert. I don't know. People like to go shooting, I guess, like, or whatever, dune buying or burying bodies in the desert. What have you, I, I, whatever you want to do out in the desert in front of crows and nothing else, that's on, that's on you, whatever. I'm not here to judge. Um, But it's a hole, like it is a absolute pit. Um, And whatever restaurants you've mentioned here, you can find great restaurants in basically any city larger than like, I don't know, 50,000 people, but, um, the, the surrounding countryside, the fact that it gets to be like a hundred some odd degrees in March some years. No, no, I don't want any part of that. So no, Tucson is a major pass for me. I don't remember if I said I would take Pullman over it, but now that you've stipulated that I have, I'm (laughs) definitely taking (laughs) Pullman over it.
1: Nice. And what, uh, let me look and see if we can get the tweet. Um, There was a tweet about – man, our Andrew, our buddy Andrew was kind of tweeting um, a lot of stuff. Okay, so Lobo Jangles tweeted us. Arizona Central tweeted, Ouch, Tucson is the second most populous city in Arizona and the only city in the state to rank among the worst U.S. cities to live in. So he tweeted that. And then uh, Tom McNamara said, These rankings only refer to the city proper. Just imagine how Phoenix would stack up if you couldn't have Scottsdale, Tempe, or Chandler – boost it up Uh, it seems like a weird argument like tempe you know scottsdale that all that stuff's pretty awesome so it's like you can't say take you know this thanksgiving would be great but what if you took away the turkey and the stuffing and the mashed potatoes like yeah that's the best part Um,
0: right and and tucson gives you a little bit of that el paso feeling where it's a large city but you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere phoenix you don't get that no you don't get that feeling at any point when you're in phoenix um it feels like it's you know somewhere connected to the uh, to the arteries of the world whereas Tucson's often I don't know like Tucson you feel like there should be just tumbleweeds going down the road every time you go outside <laughs> like and and nothing else moving except and not even like a real tumbleweed but like a one of those urban tumbleweeds you know like a plastic bag just blowing in the wind down the road with nothing else moving. Yeah. that's that's my when I think of Tucson, that's what I think of. I think of a Ralph's plastic bag blowing in the wind, <laughs> and not a other, not a single other thing moving in the entire area. Crazy, my and everything is the same tan brown color, all of it.
1: One of my ex girlfriends in college, she grew up in El Paso, and I, when I flew in there to visit her family and stuff one time, it was the craziest thing. Like it felt like you were landing in the desert, like you're just. You're like, you're over nothing as you're, the plane's landing. And then there's just like bushes and tumbleweeds and stuff. I'm like, where am I going here? You know, it's like, so the airport's yeah. like on the edge of, there's nothing, you know, outside the airport. So it's crazy.
0: It's on the edge of civilization.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, so he goes on and says, question for you both. My son is a sophomore in college and I want to give him some advice for meeting the girl of his dreams. Which of the following provides a better pickup line working at the Daily Bruin or being on a club volleyball team? As you know, I really like the podcast. Thanks for making the offseason interesting and fun. Your friend, John and Brea.
0: I kind of feel like both of those are garbage pickup lines.
1: It worked for us, right?
0: (laughs) I actually can remember in college um, pretending to be a kicker on the football team.
1: Oh,
0: you pretended to be a kicker? Yeah, we would do that where we would joke that we were like the third string walk on long snapper or whatever. And that was certainly more successful than Di- the Daily Bruin ever would have been.
1: Nice. Well, way to take advantage of some poor, oh,
0: unexpected lies—just lies. just outright lies.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, it's funny. We have a. Uh, oh, is this a voicemail? No, text message. It's mm-hmm. from our buddy Lobo Jangles. I just read his tweet. Do, do you want me to read this?
0: I. Oh yeah, yeah I should. Uh, Ryan. There's absolutely no relativity to it. Tucson is an absolute shithole. Dave, not a damn thing of remote appeal to that dump. Tucson, Las Cruces, and El Paso. The holy grail of God Forsaken. Yes, Utah and Colorado are absolute gems to visit for a Pac Twelve game day, but haven't been to Washington yet, Lobo Jangles. Cool. We're 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 of one mind.
1: Yes. Uh, this is the transfer rule. Frank, do you think the Pac-12 will make transfers more restrictive than the new national rule on transfers? Although the rule applies to all athletes, I imagine the presidents are mostly influenced by football and basketball coaches. How do you think they feel? And do you think the increased penalty on tampering will actually have any effect? Frank in Lake Forest.
0: Um, I'm interested to see how... If more, if they'll be at all more restrictive, the Pac-12 has kind of gone off on its own, you know, restricting the bull bids from five and seven teams. So they've kind of gone off on their own a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if they put in a more restrictive rule now that the national rule has been relaxed. Um, that seems like a kind of a Pac-12 thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but I don't I, I can't speak to what's going on in the heads of the presidents. And I imagine that's something they would figure out, you know, in the course of their meetings over the offseason.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I wouldn't think so. I don't think you'd want that kind of bad publicity if you, you know, that wouldn't be good. Although Pac-12 not shot away from bad publicity before. So who knows? Right. This is uh, this is an interesting text message you should probably read.
0: Oh, okay. Um, all right. So this is, I, I obviously this person was incorrect, but, um, just <laughs> for posterity, I'll, I'll, I'll read their text message because we're completists here. Uh, somebody tell Ryan to update the pack 12 podcast.com website. It's still showing this. Um, and he's got a screen cap. That's obviously incorrect. That shows the, um, the podcast from two weeks ago being the thing that's at the top of the screen. Um, I thought I went an entire week without the POC and I almost went blind. No joke. Um, obviously there's something wrong with his browser. I would guess that he needs to clear his cache or his cookies. Um, because that's certainly not a correct um, depiction of what reality was on that website for this entire past week.
1: Yes. Uh, That's all false.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gaslighting these people. These poor people.
1: It's up there. Sorry. Uh, I will not rely on Dave ever again. He's like the husband, the, you know, put the the red towel in with the white laundry. So it all turns pink. And then, so he doesn't ever have to do laundry again. And here we are.
0: I just like pink clothes.
1: The, uh, the, the Portugal, Spain match ended in a tie. And now my, like my kind of love for soccer went up a little bit as I was watching this and Ronaldo scored three goals and tied it late, but to see him happy afterwards, it's a tie. I don't like to see people happy after a tie. Like I get you tied it up, but, uh, it's a cool game, an exciting game, and then it just ended in a tie. So it just, it just doesn't do much for me, Dave.
0: I'm pretty excited. I didn't spend a minute watching it. Yeah,
1: I got it up on the side. Uh, we got another text message. This is JP. Hello, Ryan and Dave. According to Sports Chat Place, uh, college football – I don't know what that is. College football's top <laughs> t- five quarterbacks are, one, Trace McSorley, uh, two – he he does like the arm punts to Trace McSorley, but he can, he yeah, he can does. play uh, two, Will Greer uh, from West Virginia. Three, Khalil Tate from Arizona. Four, Jake Fromm from Georgia. And five, Jake Browning from Washington. What the hell is this site doing? This site also has 11, Justin Herbert, Oregon. Uh, here's where I need your thoughts. Uh, how can Tate possibly be ahead of both Browning and Herbert? That's ridiculous. He's triumphantly overrated. Wow, this
0: took a turn. Yeah, it did.
1: This is not where I thought it was going to go. Tate is a running back, not a quarterback. He had five touchdown throws in the bowl game, by the way. So he's a quarterback. And Browning is not top five. I'm a devout Husky fan. And I simply cannot see how that's possible. uh Wait. I'm sorry. He said, and Browning in the top five. Sorry. So he doesn't even think, he's a Husky fan, doesn't think Browning should be in the top five. I'm with Dave on the assessment of Browning. He's got a noodle arm and tends to scramble for 30 yard losses when under pressure. In fact, There are many Husky fans who are starting to call him "quote unquote" Brown Socks for his tendency to crap down his leg in big games, and when he feels pressure, that's rough. I mean, we could say noodle arm. Brown socks, man, that's hard. Uh, Even though he's a senior this season, he has much to prove. Also, isn't Herbert supposed to be the next Heisman winner? Keep up the great work, Ryan. Dave, you're okay too, I guess, except for your Star Wars opinions. Those are awful. From JP,
0: my Star Wars opinions are great. Brown socks. Think about the like physics of that. So you're saying that he like poops himself in big games and not only does he poop himself, but it's like such liquid diarrhea <laughs> that it goes all the way down his legs to his shoes. Like, cause if it's rough. solid. It probably stays contained in his pants or in his, you yeah. know, in his underwear or something, but he's getting so nervous that it's literally liquid going down his legs all the way to his socks.
1: Where, how did this, we turn to this i'm not sure i'm where just
0: it. Say, I, I, brown socks is like <laughs> you could just call him brown underwear or brown pants or whatever you want to do but brown socks like that's that's speaking to a level of nervous stomach issues that i think goes beyond uh beyond uh, beyond all reason
1: Yeah. So, i don't know what that site is there's a lot of lists coming out and i know there's sites that are there's some that do a nice job and there's others that are just like they want you to say something silly. They want to say something silly so you will talk about them and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I would not put Jake Browning in the top five quarterbacks. I can see the argument for Khalil Tate. You know, I, I do think he's a quarterback, and I think he's going to do well uh, under Kevin Sullivan. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but, I, I, you know, you saw him. There was games where he would Yeah, mind. I mean,
0: what, what part of his um, year last year made you think he's a quarterback? Was it the fact that he was the best quarterback in the league or, like, just about? <laughs> Cause that made me think he was a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. The fact that he completed 61% of his passes with uh, eight and a half yards per attempt um, while also, you know, running the ball like crazy, but, you know, actually being a pretty damn good quarterback and by throwing the ball as well. Um, yeah. He's really good. That's a, that's a, that's a crazy opinion to think that he is uh, not a, a quarterback.
1: Yeah. And in the, in the bowl game, I thought he did have like five touchdown passes and four of them were like 40 yards or longer. Like it was crazy.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, he finished with a positive touchdown to interception ratio. He was 14 to uh, what is this? 14 to nine. So yeah. In his first year starting and he from the, and being a quarterback is different from being a running back from the quarterback position. He ran for, yeah, 13 touchdowns on like, I don't know, like 10 yards of carry. Um, So he's really good at playing that position. It's a college position where he runs the ball a lot, but he's a quarterback. So anyway, um, but yeah, he's completely right at number three, Uh, maybe. Maybe my man Noel Mazzoni and and Kevin Sumlin do a number on him and he drops. But right now, that's a completely rational take. I would say I'd put him above Will Greer, too. Um, Trace McSorley, I think, has a claim to number one here. But uh, I think Tate, you could put him anywhere after that, and I think it would be fair.
1: Cool. Um, You want to read Hitler Days? I do. I'm, try, I'm trying I'm trying to keep this one tight, Dave, cuz I know you had, you know, you had some time constraints, but it's no, hard. It's hard for that. us to keep it tight cuz we just want to chat, you
0: know. I know, we just love talking to each other. All right, you ready for Hitler day? Yeah. During a trip to the Central Time Zone last weekend, I checked out the only TV channel to occasion as much comment, oh, to occasion as much comment as the pac 12s the Longhorn Network. They were replaying the Red River shootout between Texas and Oklahoma from last year, and I had almost forgotten what a thriller that game was. Since USC and UCLA respectively are going to play them in 2018, I thought there was an outside chance you boys could intelligently discuss these teams. What stood out to me most was how nasty Texas's defense was. In the first half, they gave up a whole lot of yards on mistakes, but were stifling in the red zone. And then in the second, they had Oklahoma completely shut down with the exception of one quick drive. Conversely, OU was going pretty much nowhere except when Mayfield was putting off, pulling off some improbable nonsense, which was pretty often. Um, how does that match up with your perceptions of that game? Since Texas returns almost this entire defensive two deep, and of course Oklahoma lost Mayfield to the NFL, what do you think of the possibility of both 2018 games against LA teams being upsets? I can answer the Oklahoma part first. Okay. Um, I I would say relatively little chance for UCLA. I wouldn't say it's a completely no chance thing. Um, I think Kyler Murray is going to change that offense a little bit for Oklahoma. I don't know if he's as great of a fit for what Lincoln Riley wants to do as Mayfield was. He certainly isn't as talented a thrower as Mayfield. Um, Obviously a much better runner. Um, So I, I, I don't know how... Mayfield was able to do some things last year where even though Oklahoma might have finished with a blowout, it was because he just made some incredible throws at kind of critical moments earlier in the game that I don't know that Murray's necessarily capable of. Um, So I, but I think Oklahoma just across both sides of the ball is probably one of the teams on the schedule. That's just more talented than UCLA. In addition to, uh, being more well versed in their schemes um, than UCLA will be by game two, uh, it's on the road in Norman, so that plays a factor too. Um, so I think Oklahoma would uh, would certainly uh, be favored by probably like 14 to 20 points in that game. Uh, so not you know not some like you know 30 point favorite, but certainly a prohibitive one.
1: On the, the Texas side, uh, it, it was a pretty young team last year and they gave USC all they could handle in the Coliseum. It was an overtime game. Uh, Malik Jefferson, I believe Yeah. He was like the, uh, star defender for Texas who'd moved on. I believe that's his name. And then, um, they have a, so I, I don't think they've determined who's going to start a quarterback. They got Shane Bichelle and, uh, Sam Ellinger. Um, so the two of them, uh, you know, I, I think they're still battling out. From the last I heard, I you know, I I'm not really paid all that much attention, but I think it's going to be uh, a much better team. I mean, I, I like Tom Herman as a head coach. Uh, I thought he, you know, they there were some setbacks last year, he losing to Maryland early, things like that. Um, but the, I think when they had that close loss to USC, they started to you know get things a little bit going in the right direction. Um, I think revenge will be on their mind. It's going to be tough. USC's got two road games in a row with Stanford and Texas, so. Uh, you know, I, I, I think Texas might be favored in this one. You know, USC is probably still more talented overall, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think this one could be really interesting. It was really interesting last year when USC had Sam Darnold. You know, so uh, they don't have that, and I, I expect them to make some some bigger strides under Herman uh, this year. So it's you know it's a it's a young talented team. We saw some some flashes of greatness last year and some some real dud moments. um, But I think they're going to be up to play USC and uh, try to get some revenge for that, that overtime loss in the Coliseum.
0: Yeah. I I think I would probably take Texas in that game. Um, They, you know, you can make an argument. They should have won last year. Um, If what it was, it was the situation where Herman, if he'd gone for it and, on a certain situation they could have taken the lead rather than just tying the game is that my understanding of that game or was that one of the other like eight close games no i think
1: you're right yeah i'd have to go back and look i haven't watched it for a while but but
0: um i i think their texas is going to be better next year they're going to be a little bit more well-versed in what herman wants both sides of the ball um and it's you know it's not at the coliseum so um all of that i think plays to texas's advantage and Like looking at that team, they're going to be one of the one of those teams that USC isn't going to have the the super talent advantage over compared to, you know, most of the teams they play. So. Uh, So. All
1: right. So we got a couple more left, I think. Uh, Ryan wrote it. Ryan from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wow. I love international questions. This is great. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Um, I do love – you know, I always say that on, on my podcast, the USC one, the Parastyle podcast, uh, the international questions are cool. So we've had some. We should – you know, if you're listening from some other country, write in. We'd love to uh, hear from you. So this is from the country of Wisconsin. Uh, hey, guys. This past season was the first year in which I started following and watching college football extensively. I'm an avid NFL fan for many years. Listening to your podcast has been informative and helpful in learning about the Pac-12 teams. Are there any books or writers outside of Wilner you recommend to read to better understand the conference or individuals, uh, individual team history? Thanks in advance, Ryan from Wisconsin. Does um, anyone
0: else cover this conference?
1: I don't know. I don't know of really any kind of Pac-12 books like, you know, Like Bruce Feldman's wrote wrote a bunch of college football. I mean, there's guys that have written national college football books, but I'm not, nothing on the top of my head that people wrote like specific Pac 12 ones. It'd be more individual team ones. So if there's a team in the Pac 12 you like, there's people that wrote, you know, USC books or Washington books or UCLA books or wherever. There's stuff like that, but I don't, I don't really know of any like Pac 12 ones.
0: Clearly, we have found a hole in the market that we need to fill.
1: We already filled the, the podcast one, right?
0: So we just fill all of the holes.
1: Uh, so we gotta write actually, books now.
0: Actually, pause. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> let's <laughs> not fill all of the holes. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, good, 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 good. Um, yeah. So we should write a book. Let's write a book. Let's have it. Uh, let's write a book. Have it distributed to you know, have like hundred and thirty people buy it. Yeah. And consider it a major waste of time. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you couldn't write a two-line blog post to promote our own, you know, podcast.
0: I see. I see. You're trying to put point out a flaw in this plan. <laughs> yeah. I, I get what you're saying, um, <laughs> and I understand. And that's. Uh, I'm curious. Was it valid. because
1: you don't have the login to it anymore, or
0: no, no, no? I do because I've definitely. I, there was one other time where I had to record the show. I think last year at one point. And at that time, I had remembered to put it up on the blog. Oh, okay. But this time, I did not. Nice. So it wasn't any kind of logistical issue. Like, I had the password. I have the login. I just I, – I simply did not do it, and I went on living my life instead.
1: Gotcha. Well, Ryan, I mean, um, I'd love to re- – I mean, if you – there's a Pac-12 book, like Swing Your Sword, that's really about Mike Leach. Um, it's really interesting from our buddy Bruce Feldman. Um, I mean, maybe that's a good place to start. Uh, and you know, if people have good suggestions, uh, uh, out there, but yeah, I think there is a void about if you just want to talk pack 12 general books.
0: Yeah. I'm sure there's a history from somebody obscure out there, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, all right. Last email looks like this is from Jamie best email of the podcast. And he's got an asterisk, and then the reference for the asterisk is of the ones that come from me. Since I know you love all 12 Pac-12 teams as you would your own children, I wouldn't dare make you pick favorites, so I'll ask it this way. Which Pac-12 team do you enjoy watching the most, outside of USC and UCLA respectively, of course? And on the flip side, which team would you be, well, least disappointed about accidentally leaving at a gas station? I'm giving you guys a perfect opportunity to rag on your NorCal brethren. Thanks, Jamie. P.S. Just to clarify, I'm not referring to which team you would want to kick out of the conference as I know you would unanimously vote the Beavs off the island. I mean, which team do you love the least? Okay. Huh. Wow.
1: So this is just about, like, is it enjoy watching, meaning, like, it's exciting, or you just, like, the program... It's hard when you cover teams, it's just you lose so much of that. Like, like Yeah. It's like you it's it sucks because like you you grew up like the reason you're doing this is because you love college football and you got into it, but like the fandom part of it just kind of goes away which it, cuz it's work, you know, you you're basically doing this. So it's hard to, I think this is hard to answer.
0: Well, and enjoy watching for me is like a really weird thing because it's not necessarily that I like the program at all. It It can also sometimes be. I like to hate watch particular teams because it leads to more funny tweets, Ah. and I am so like USC would definitely go into the a team I enjoy watching for for obvious reasons.
1: (laughs) Because you want to hate tweet, yeah?
0: Because it's it's you know it's just good material. Um, I I I think if I was being genuine, a team I like watching is probably um, I, I like watching Stanford. Um, like if I was not, if I hadn't gone to UCLA, I would probably have been a Stanford fan. Um, I just like the, the, the kind of style that they play. Um, I'm not a big Washington guy. I I just not a huge Washington fan. So I think if I was going to be disappointed about somebody being accidentally left at the proverbial gas station, It'd probably be Washington. No offense, Washington fans love you. Nice. Just, you know, not a big Washington guy. What about you, Ryan?
1: Um, Okay, so it's funny. Mine might be the exact opposite of that. So, like, Stanford might be my, you know, if I, we left them at the gas station and wouldn't mind. And it's not, I don't know what it was. Like, I'm trying to remember when I was a student. I don't think there was. Stanford was that good I don't think like there was something that I disliked about him. my sister though would always come to games she went to University of San Diego and uh, we we're both from the east coast and we came out to the west coast and she would go and she just always hated Stanford she hated the tree she's like ah, this sucks blah 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 and she would like the the band stuff where they would make fun of each other and everything so there's for my sister there was like this hatred of of Stanford for some reason. So I might, may, maybe I'll put them as like the m- least disappointed if you accidentally left them at a gas station. Um Fun to like, I think there's a bunch. I, I mean, I liked watching, you know, Oregon in the, in the heyday sort of thing. I would put Washington up there. I mean, that's a cool experience when you go to the game and, you know, I've done it a couple of times where you're on a boat. Um Like that's kind of fun. You know, I like stuff like that um you know i would enjoy colorado i always had fun you know doing stuff up there um yeah so i I, so mine might be like the opposite of yours i could go like what like. a
0: really diplomatic thing you did here because you said that the fan group that's probably you know one of our second or third biggest after usc and ucla washington is your favorite and then you picked the school that has zero fans <laughs> as the one that you don't like <laughs> <laughs> like if you're a Stanford fan, please shout. Like let us know.
1: Like, like RJ but will write us, you, but
0: I doubt very much that you exist.
1: RJ is going to write us and say that. But no, that's my like literally like when my sister comes to games and we have a, a friend from high school that lives up. She actually works at Stanford. We'll stay with her sometimes when we go up to the games. And my sister's always it's, she gets so fired up for like the Stanford game. So that's that's the one that came, popped in my head.
0: I'd also be I, I'd also be kind of fine with Cal being just kind of left at a gas station or you know you accidentally left them on top of the car in their car seat like that's fine
1: well cal and ucla share fight songs and stuff right so there's you know yeah yeah
0: well cal cal fans from the tedford era were uh they were a little much (laughs) They, they were they were a little much and i think they rubbed the rest of the conference wrong for a very long time like, come on, guys! You went like one in eleven, like whenever nineteen ninety nine, and now you're gonna start crowing in two thousand five. No, come on, come on! I know, I know it's hard because you haven't been, but act like you've been there before. Come on.
1: Gotcha. Well, um, all right. Well, that's a good one. That's from that was from Jamie, right? Jamie, yes, that was Jamie. from Jamie. Nice, Jamie. Nice, Jamie. Um, yeah, a little tough to answer, but hopefully that gives you uh some insight you know there's something too about utah and i'm not just saying this because that's like you know a big fan base too um
0: <laughs> but i you know do you're so diplomatic so diplomatic meanwhile i'm just insulting what <laughs> what have i what have i dropped just egregious insults on this time tucson cal fans generally yeah. washington the school um anything else i can dump on
1: yeah I, Utah is more, I like their, it's just like this college feel. Like I love going out in like Tempe and Arizona state, but it's just, it feels too much of like a pro thing for me. It doesn't have like the same kind of college feel. Like I think there's Utah and Colorado. There's like more of like that college kind of feel. Um, you know, that's why I'd kind of put them up there, but there's a, there's a fun experience going to uh, to Washington and you know, the way Chris Peterson and them, I mean, it's hard not to, you know, you know, you want to root for a team like that. They just do, you know, they just do good things. Even with even with Jake Browning as their quarterback, you know. Right. We'll get a little shot in there. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think that's all we stuff. got, huh? I think that's it. Um, how We kept this one pretty tight. This is like just over an hour. That's not too bad.
0: Super tight. Yeah. Yeah, super tight. Or, huh. Yeah. That's awesome. like filling the holes. We just got to stop saying words. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So many words. Well, Dave, you have a, a wonderful weekend. Um, you as well. I'm going to try. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, you have your big plans? Are you, what are you doing?
0: I'm going to sit here with my broken-limbed daughter, try to make it so that she doesn't jump off anything else. I am so sorry that you're –
1: she broke an arm, right? Is that – Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. My, my five-year-old broke her humorous.
1: That's enough that's... –
0: not, not too funny, though.
1: Not humorous, right?
0: No. Um,
1: ugh. Well, is she, like, jumped off something? Or is it just like being yeah, a reckless yeah, kid? Like yeah,
0: okay. yeah. And it's like the, it's the bone you break when you try to break your fall with your wrist.
1: God, oh, okay. Yeah, I broke my wrist as a kid.
0: So yeah, it's the, not the wrist, but, like, if you've got your – if you go put your arm out to break your fall and you've got the angle a little bit wrong, you can break your upper arm. Ah,
1: nice. Well, I hope she's uh, – Recovering nicely, people sign her cast, all that kind of fun stuff. If they still, oh yeah,
0: that? yeah, she's already very excited about her orange arm.
1: Nice, <laughs> orange. So what's what's that from Tennessee? What what is she a fan of? Texas? I mentioned. don't,
0: I, I don't know because she's she's been a pink girl for most of her living days. But when they asked her what what color do you want for your cast, she just no hesitation, orange.
1: I would I would so, do a pink cast. I think I could do that. Like,
0: I think I could rock a pink cast. Yeah, yeah
1: um she went with orange okay
0: we'll see what that makes sense whatever
1: all right well great stuff uh you know hopefully she heals up soon and uh doesn't get itchy under there you know you make her some make her some nice mac and cheese and give her some ice cream you know do all the nice things for her
0: oh yeah she's on an all cookie diet (laughs) yes i
1: love that um All right, well, we'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, That's David Woods. I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Podcast of Champions. We'll be back next week talking more gibberish and some Pac-12 football.